0: Welcome to Conan Krueger. That's Larry Krueger wearing a real nice shirt. You should probably find a way to buy that. I'm Grant Cohn wearing my own merch that you can't buy, but you can buy my merch at 49 ersqcmerchcom Promo code CH1, 10% off. Not Shameless plug, shameless plug. Anyway, Niners just traded Jeff Wilson Jr. Donald just became a member, uh, which is equally big, equally important news, so thank you, Donald. But no, Jeff Wilson Jr. just got traded to the Miami Dolphins for a fifth-round pick. I'd love to hear your take on it, Larry. Well, um, it's interesting on a lot of fronts. One, I think it's because, like, okay, so what,
1: which move do you prefer? Would you rather see Jeff Wilson traded for a fifth or Jordan Mason cut in a week? because that's kind of what it was going to be. It was going to be somebody was going to get cut. It was probably going to be Mason. Niner fans were going to bitch and moan if he was cut after one carry for seven yards. So to take a player as, like Wilson, who's an undrafted free agent, who's not your number one running back, who's not your number two running back, heck, he might not even be your number three running back, and to get a fifth-round pick, which is kind of the sweet spot, if history tells you anything on Lynch and, and uh, Peters in these drafts, I'm fine with it. I'm a little like it's a little weird to trade off of a surplus that, you know, is kind of could be gone at any second. Like what happens if McCaffrey knock on wood gets hurt and Elijah Mitchell knock on wood gets hurt again. And now suddenly you're looking at TDP and Jordan Mason and and you're trying to win playoff games. I don't know about that. Well, you know, there'll be enough time to second guess it then.
0: But overall, um, I like it
1: because I, I didn't want to cut Jordan Mason for nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have rather they trade Ty Davis Price. I mean, if he was a third-round pick a few months ago, is he worth anything in a trade, or has he lost all value in six months? That's who I'd rather trade, but given the fact that the Niners' Kyle Shanahan never really respected Jeff Wilson Jr., and you know he was going to get buried on the bench and just be used as, like, in case, uh, you know, someone gets hurt, just as well. Just as well. I mean, I don't like it because I feel like he's underrated and an asset to the team. I mean, he's better than depth, but Kyle disagrees. Kyle's never really saw him as an asset. He's been trying to replace him for years. I mean, Trey Sermon, tight of his price, and now Christian McCaffrey. I feel good for Jeff Wilson Jr. Now he goes to, gets to go to a, a coach who wants him, a scheme he knows, and a team that's five and three. It's a great, great move for him. I feel good for him. Yeah, I mean, for him,
1: um, he probably, you know, I mean, nobody. this didn't bubble to the surface yet, but um, I would imagine asked he— for it. He probably asked for it. Yeah, he yeah. probably asked for it. I mean, I don't think yeah. they just said, "Hmm, let's say, you know, let's just see, uh, let's let's get rid of Jeff." I think he probably was like, "Hey, man, you want to go with McCaffrey? You got Mitchell coming back, no problem. Give me my, uh, give me my release." And they said, "Well, wait a second. You might actually have a little bit more value than that." And. Uh, considering all the picks they've moved, getting another one back is not the worst thing. And since he's a free agent at the end of the year, if you love him so much, you can always bid on him again. So it's and also if you look at the free agent market for running backs, it's there's about 15 good running backs in this upcoming free agent market. So if you don't like the running backs in the draft, if you don't like going forward with McCaffrey and Mitchell, if you you know they just there's a lot of backs. Let's just say that. So I don't it, I don't view it as that that crucial of a of a move either way, but I was a little surprised because it is depth and
0: they are in season. You mentioned it's, you know, uh, it's a contract year for him. Yeah. And in that sense, it's kind of not fair to bury him. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. He's playing well. He's doing everything he needs to do to get that contract. And now you bury him. I mean, that's not fair to him. And it's creating a, you know, malcontent in your locker room that you don't need. So in that sense, I I understand uh, moving him still. You better keep the whole Logic is that Elijah Mitchell's coming back and he's going to fall to three. Well, Elijah Mitchell's been healthy for like three weeks this year. So you better be able to keep, you better trust in your training staff's evaluation and your ability to keep those two running backs, McCaffrey and Mitchell, healthy. Because if one of them goes down, you're really going to miss Jeff Wilson Jr. And frankly, the Niners haven't been able to keep any of their running backs healthy for an extended period of time. So I'm curious to see why they're so confident. But maybe they know something.
1: Well, I think what they what they know is that their evaluations are, and this is just my guess because this is just my evaluation, TDP is better than Jeff Wilson. Uh, Jordan Mason is better than Jeff Wilson. I realize that's a projection for a lot of people, but based on what I've seen and I watch college film and I watch preseason tape, I think those guys are better. I think those guys are better. Uh, I think they have more upside. I think they're faster. I think this, this guy's got nine career fumbles it's a lot of fumbles for a back who's kind of a one cut and go guy and he's not your one, he's not your two. He's not he's not he's never demonstrated that he's Mitchell. In my mind, Mitchell seems like he's got way better ability to hold onto the ball, so that makes him more dependable and I think he's faster. And I think he's got more more versatility. And then I think Jordan Mason is a hell of a back. So I like Mason. I, so, I, I just you know.
0: I need to see something more from Ty Davis Price. He's averaging two point three yards per carry on a team where everyone averages five yards per carry. I need to see more from Ty Davis Price, but he does have upside. He is fast. He runs hard. You know. Well, and how many develop. carries does he have on the year, Grant? 16, so it's a little early. Small
1: 16, yeah. I, I, I would have thought maybe it was even less than that. So they just got to – I like Ty Davis Price. I saw him rumble. Maybe it's because I saw LSU Florida live, and
0: he rumbled in That'll that game for huge, huge yards. But, yeah, I'm a fan. I don't understand the, the Jeff Wilson trade is considered bad. They got a fifth round for an undrafted running back with an expiring deal, and we have a running back depth still. Okay, that's – Larry agrees. Larry agrees. Yeah, I agree. Um, it just feels like the Niners go from having r- too many running backs to no running backs in the span of two weeks. It happens all the time. I know. But we'll see. We'll see. Has there been an update on Lance's recovery? They haven't really been talking about him. Haven't seen him around. It's a little strange, like the invisible man. You know, like, um, like for example, you see Emmanuel Mosley. You see you see Emmanuel Mosley in the press box at home games, right? Yeah. You see these guys. I haven't me. seen Lance. I haven't seen Lance.
1: I haven't either, but you know, Kyle makes it seem like he can't stand to be away from the team for even a minute. So who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's hanging out. Yeah, I saw a picture of him getting out of a car wearing a a big cast. But you know, they he's he's um, he's next year at this point, right? So
0: you know what I'm talking about. At those home games, they give a box to all the injured players who are on IR, and you see them coming out, and they eat lunch with you at halftime. They're out there getting. Uh, chicken tenders and nachos, and <laughs> right? you see Emmanuel Mosley in his big thing. And how you doing, Emmanuel? Good to see you, Elijah Mitchell. When he's on, I, I haven't seen Trey. Don't no. know what's up with that. So, but again, I didn't see Jimmy when he was on IR back in the day either. Maybe some guys they don't want mingling with the press when they're hurt. <laughs> they they you know want to hide certain guys out, maybe a little bit more. Maybe Cali Tremor says I like Larry's take, great perspective. And no, I hate Larry's take. That's why he's on the channel. <laughs> Josh Wyatt says, uh, how are the same guys who said F them picks celebrating our best goal line back for a late round pick? Hey, thank you for pointing out the uh, inherent um, contradiction in that stance. F them picks, but we needed a fifth round pick. Hey, if this means Jordan Mason gets a shot and he's great, I'm, I'm happy. But um, we'll have to see about that. Good well, call, F them picks. Who's saying that? Who certain said fans, f them picks? Certain
1: fans, certain Come fans. on, man! You, you, the The draft is the lifeblood of the sport. You know, you can never say f them picks. Now you can prefer How players well. to picks, and I get that. But this idea that like picks are just like ah, you know, ah. no
0: picks have value. It is just to me. It's strange that the Niners' final move at the trade deadline was to sell something when they're all in. To me, I mean, you, you could have actually added another piece. And it's having your final move be a sell move feels like a hedge. Like, yeah, we're all in for this year, but can't for, can't forget the future either. It's like, yeah, I guess. No, to like, me, it seems know.
1: like they're just burying um, um, a headline that they don't like, which is that somebody wants out yeah. of, you know, yeah. Shanahan's kingdom.
0: Niners cut tight of his price after three, five, seven games, and yeah, yeah, that's. That
1: would be the good question for Shanny, wouldn't yeah. it be? I mean, you you seem like the guy to maybe ask it. Did
0: Jeff, here's a, it's a real easy one. Did Jeff ask for a trade? Oh, fair enough. You know, John right. Lynch just did a press conference. I missed it. I was doing a show with my dad. I, oh, I'm guessing that was asked and he addressed it. So we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, Josh White, I hear you. They, a lot of people said it. So, yeah, we were talking about the meta conversation here. And, yeah, some people are a little inconsistent. Good win over a bad team. I still say trade Kyle Shade ahead. Yeah, I just feel like we haven't learned anything. They got blown out by the one great team they faced. Okay, a lot of teams are going to get blown by, out by the Chiefs. Their best win is over the Seahawks, who are kind of different than. We still haven't learned very much about the, the Niners. We will. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say one thing. I think we
1: haven't learned a lot about the Niner defense because this Ram offense is a totally one dimensional offense. They had no rushing attack to, to save their life. None, Um, no blocking. They, they, (laughs) you know, their (laughs) offensive line's a joke. Uh, They're a one receiver team and they targeted that receiver 12 times. He made eight catches. So, and a touchdown. So, um, I don't know if the Niner defense is legit. We saw they get their doors blown off by Kansas City. And, yeah, they beat the Rams. But as I just said, the Rams offensively are having problems. So I don't know how good the defense is with all the injuries they've had.
0: It's hard to evaluate that. The one good offense they faced, they got smashed by. Smashed. One of the worst defensive performances in a long time across the league. So we don't know. You're right. Tommy Harper says Trey Lance for Hill Waddle and now Bradley Chubb. Is that what it's come down to?
1: Yes, yeah. Ooh. They traded all those picks, and they got Hill, Waddle, and Chubb.
0: Ooh. I'd love to know if McDaniel was privately in the organization being like, hey, don't do this trade. And once they did it, he was like, I'm going to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Jason says "Is Trent Williams nearing the washed-up status. Could be. <coughs> Could be. He's been hurt a lot. He's been hurt pretty much since week 18 last year. I don't know. Hard I mean,
1: you know – um, I think he's still very much a force in the run game. In the pass game against really fast edge rushers, I I'm you know, I wonder how he'll stand up on the faster surfaces
0: with the money on the line come playoff time. We'll see. We'll have to see. And if he's, you know, if it feels like this high ankle sprain has been lingering for months, so hopefully it can go away. Any update on Kinlaw? Strangely no. Haven't heard anything about him.
1: No, and I'll tell you the you know Dennis Brown was saying it a few weeks ago that he could be done for the year. So, I mean, if it that's seems the to me case, they did something huge... drastic.
0: It didn't have the the intended effects. Maybe they're going to need to find go back to the drawing board and think of something else.
1: Well, at this point, you know it, he's a. It's so. I mean, it's just a just a bad, bad, bad move, right? They I have, have something Rutgers, really cynical to him. say.
0: Something really cynical to say. He's going to go to another team. And end up being healthy. I don't know why. And I'm not saying it's like like Kyle's fault or the training staff's fault, but isn't that what happens? Look at Mostert now. Fine. It's so weird. So I don't know. Don't write off Kinlaw. It just feels like a player like that shouldn't come to a team like this for whatever reason.
1: I just think, I just hope the Niners have learned their lesson that when it comes time to go for defensive linemen in the drafts ahead, because the ones behind you can't do anything about. In the drafts ahead, do not draft any defensive lineman that can't rush the passer because the days of Ted Washington are over. The days of Jerry Ball, Michael Carter are over. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, you have to have some ability to get after the passer, even if it's DJ Jones' ability, where it's like you're just a little quicker than people think. You have to have pass rush ability. To play D line in a league that has Kyler and and especially you know Russell and Mar- Mariota and a bunch of other guys that can move, you got to gotta be able to. Teams don't even care about
0: running the ball anymore. The, the Rams don't care about running the ball anymore. And the Niners D line against the Rams in this last game, a lot of times was Nick Bosa, Charles Mennu, Drake Jackson, and uh, Samson Ebukam. It was like the NASCAR 4DN. DN. Yeah, yeah, on first down, like well, you guys aren't going to run the ball. Who cares? They did That's it to kinda, Mahomes too. That's right, yeah. Um, do you think they can bring in OBJ for one or two years? They can. Do they need to? I mean, he's kind of washed. He's about 30. He's had a bunch of injuries. And, I mean, the Niners got two good tight ends, two good running backs, a fullback, two good wide receivers. I mean, and they run the ball more than they pass it. I, I don't think they need another guy. I don't know.
1: I don't either. I don't either. They I mean, do. you know, first of all, I mean, you got McCaffrey who – where's McCaffrey going to play – when Elijah Mitchell comes back, isn't Elijah Mitchell, you're starting back. Aren't you going to flex out McCaffrey? Don't, isn't he going to play, you know, the slot in the slot. Isn't he going to be the slot receiver? I, I'd rather see them get Danny gray up to speed than pursue OBJ. OBJ can't run anymore. Uh, he's a diva. He's going to want a certain number of balls coming his way It's a run first type team. No, they already, you're going to have a hard enough time splitting up the touches. I would say no to OBJ.
0: Uh yeah, Flave says, "Hey guys, just got on a flight. Internet might be spotty. If I get disconnected, just go on without me. You guys <laughs> okay. got this." Thanks. Yeah. Thanks Flave. Flave's having a great day now that we changed his name from Flave to Flave. Fla- Flav is oh, just Flav? Yeah, it's Flave, but it's Flave now. It just resonates with the people more. Okay, I got a question for you. Is Christian McCaffrey the number one weapon on the Niners offense right now? No doubt. Hmm. No doubt.
1: Why? Because he can, um, he's got, you know, power to break tackles. Um, he's, he can be used as a running back. He can be used in the slot. You can flex him out outside. Yeah. He's versatile. He can, he's a run after the catch weapon. Um, he's got better hands, I think, than Debo. I think he's more reliable than Iuke. He's more explosive than Kittle. Yeah. McCaffrey.
0: All right, in the most respectful way possible, I disagree with you on this one. Okay. But I guess that makes for better. Team. Make your argument. Um, I think he's number two. two. I think he's number two. I put him above Debo and Kittle right now. Debo is not what he used to be. And maybe he'll get back there. But he missed the whole offseason. He's hurt. He's dropping passes. He's not getting down the field. He's a glorified check down option right now. He's still good after the catch. Yes, he is. But he's hurt. And Kittle, great. Really good player. Not what he used to be. I'm saying I use the number one weapon on this team right now. And it's hard – I still feel like he's a little underappreciated because they don't have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes as you know, admirable of a job as Jimmy Garoppolo's is doing. He can't really take full advantage of what Brandon Ayuk has to offer. But still, when he's targeting Brandon Ayuk this season or when the Niners are, like a 120 quarterback rating, he's got like two drops. He's doing great after the catch. He has no weaknesses to his game. And unlike McCaffrey, I can get down the field. So, Ayuk's
1: an awesome player. Hell, I don't, I don't player. Think there's any question. He's got great yeah. ball skills, he's got strong hands, he's courageous across the middle. Um, he's a, he's a terrific player. But if I can remember when the team wasted a timeout because you were lined up on the wrong side of the formation, you ain't my number 1 weapon. And I can remember that. That happened oh, like 3 nitpicky. weeks ago. That's nitpicky. That's not. But it's fair. happened before. And it's like hey, I, Christian I'm McCaffrey
0: so, fumbled last week. That's true. It's true. If we're gonna but, go there, <laughs> yeah. no, these guys are both fumbled really twice. good. I'm not trying to fumbled tear twice, one down. Actually, fumbled twice. He did twice. Yeah. These guys are both really good. Really good. I love I Ayuk, guess. but Ayuk, some there's
1: something about Ayuk that's not dependable, and I'm not sure what it is. I got to see some consistency.
0: Give me, give me I five think he's or quite six games. I think he's quite. He doesn't drop the ball now. No, he, he does make. Dro- he's he got does, great he, hands. He's yeah, tough. He, I, I, and I, to your point. You know, he has. He does make some some mental mistakes, and and Kurt Warner questioned his route running, but. He's a young guy who's improving pretty consistently, in my opinion. I think they're a nice combination, Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. It's a nice How one, too. Oh, well, here's what I want to say. So, Christian McCaffrey just had a phenomenal game from start to finish in L.A. Ayuk started off slow. Not that he w- They just didn't get him involved, really, in the first half. The offense really took off in the second half. Once they got Ayuk involved on in that second drive, 11 yards, 11 yards, 11 yards, red zone, touchdown on McCaffrey. So, I think they complement each other quite well.
1: Well there's no doubt, there's no doubt. I mean, and Ayuk is I was thinking about this when I saw the rumors for Jerry Judy. Like, you know, I was thinking, well, would I would I flip Ayuk for Jerry Judy? And I don't think I would. I wouldn't. So there wouldn't. and and I'm looking at that draft, I kind of like what I'm seeing as far as Ayuk going forward. Um, but um there's just I, until he's, you know, really really dependable week after week after week. I gotta see it. I, I'm I'm still I'm still a little skeptical.
0: I compare him to Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs was really good in Minnesota, but there was only so much he could prove with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. And he goes to jo- to New- uh, Buffalo with Josh Allen, and all of a sudden he's an all pro up there with the top receivers in the league statistically. I think Ayuk could do that too if you put him on if you swapped him out in Buffalo for Stephon Diggs and put Ayuk in his place think he'd be having like 1400 yards a season but i don't know it's a projection it's the way i look at him here's the thing that i i would say is
1: i love i skill set the strength um the run after the catch ability the long arms the durability and i mean the fearlessness the courageousness but like the kind of play that jimmy and McCaffrey hooked up on this week where it was like literally just no dialogue, just I'm looking at the spacing and I'm looking at you and I'm looking at the defender and I'm making a play. I don't know if he's got the improvisational ability of a McCaffrey at this point. So I'll lean with good McCaffrey.
0: Question. That's a good point. Good debate. They should have kept Buckner. Yeah. Because yes. the thing about Buckner, <laughs> yes. he was the leader of the team. If you were in that locker room, he was the leader of the team. He preceded Jimmy and Usechek and Kittle. He was from the previous... Regime and he he experienced the most losing, and he was the most unaffected by it. He had treated his job like he was a freaking senator. It was it, the Niners didn't value it. Well, okay, let's
1: talk about this for a second. There are things that you can do as a player that send messages. If you're a baseball player, for example, and you're headed towards free agency, and you and you have Scott Boris as your agent, that sends a message to baseball front offices. And the same way Scott Boris sends a loud message to baseball front offices, Joel Siegel spent sends a loud message to NFL front offices. And that's Buckner's agent. And that was Khalil Mack's agent. And Mack had just done this whole song and dance and demanded top dollar and Lynch wanted to avoid it. And he had a guy that he really liked in Armstead. And he said, you know what? Eric, if we can get you on a a team-friendly deal, we'll move off of Buckner. I would have kept both because, to me, there's one rule that I would never break, and the rule is this. You do not ever trade anybody in the front seven that commands a double team. If you command a double team in the front seven, you're not being traded. Buckner consistently commanded double teams, and they traded him, and it was a total cap reason. But I kind of blame Buckner because if you really want to be a niner, Then after you get Joel Siegel as your agent, you go to John Lynch and say, hey, man, I really want to be here. Instead, you're sending a message saying, I'm going for the top dollar.
0: And then John's got to make a call based on what he sees. Everyone goes for the top dollar. And he had more more leverage than Eric Armstead because Eric Armstead had one good year. Buckner had a great career. Why should he give the Niners a discount? I don't think that th- that well, was his prerogative if wanted, at all.
1: If, if he wanted to stay on a team that was loaded. I mean, how many times has DeForest gone to the playoffs since he left? I mean, how many, nine, how many Super Bowls have the Niners won since he left? I, well, I don't I hear, think... I hear you, but I mean, do you want to be on a, gr- a, a great team with incredible talent? I would have done the or same or exact thing that DeForest...
0: Dollar? I would have done the same fucking thing that DeForest Buckner did. And what the Niners did was they got an inferior player in Armstead for just a little bit cheaper. I mean next year he's going to be his cap numbers higher than Buckner. Going forward his cap numbers higher than Buckner. So it, what they got was a guy who agreed to a backloaded deal as opposed to a frontloaded deal. Okay. Well, the Niners should have won a Super Bowl then. So they, so they well, Jimmy but, Ward and but, all that shit. see
1: it? we're looking at a 2020 hindsight after they gaffed the, the first round draft choice. They got that's a true. top 15 pick. That's true. They could have got right? I mean, If Kinlaw got is, If Kinlaw, who was drafted in and around Kinlaw that was better. If they had gotten somebody Tristan in and worth. around
0: Kinlaw who Tristan was worth. significantly better, maybe we would be Tristan talking worth. differently. It's a good point. Um, Alex Georgiou says, Joukowsky Tart said Niners practice makes players banged up versus Eagles who take care of their players. A player saying what we think about Shani. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Is it sour grapes? You it could be
1: filter everybody.
0: It could be, but I mean, I think it's naive to think that these players don't have their own thoughts about why the Niners are consistently so banged up. They'll never express those thoughts while they're under contract for the Forty ers and sure. maybe their thoughts aren't right. But I'm sure these guys have firsthand knowledge, and I wouldn't necessarily dismiss it. But you're right; it could be sour grapes.
1: No, no, I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying, you know, um... hard to know. It's hard to know and and what what exactly are we talking about? Are we talking about Thursday practices versus other teams Thursday practices? Are we talking about you know number because it also comes down to a practice is not a practice. Some teams have 60 plays in a practice, some teams have 100 plays in a practice. It's like what are we talking about really at the end of the day? I
0: don't I don't I don't know that we have the full picture on that. No, but I think Jaworski Tart probably does, and I'd be interested to know a little bit more from him on this subject. Yeah. Uh, does anyone know if Wilson requested one or to go? I, I don't know. I, I imagine John Lynch probably said so in a conference call a few minutes ago. So, find out. Wayne Everett, um, Everett, thank you, Jason CMC for Quinn, Hawkinson, and William Jackson. We could have had three players for those picks plus two force and a twenty twenty fifth round back. Did we make the right move? You know how I feel about it. That's an interesting way to look at it. But I gotta say that here is the thing. With the, the Niners gave up too much for Christian McCaffrey. There's one person who can justify this trade and make it work, Kyle, and he's in control of getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And we saw what he did last week, so he's going to be working very hard to justify this trade because it's his reputation on the line. That's one way to feel confident about it, right? Before it's not like you got you, a coach who's going to bury him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see on this
1: one. Let me just say on this on the last thing. I mean, Quinn's a free agent at the end of the year. They have a ton of defensive ends. I think their real problem up front is at tackle. Hawkinson would have been nice, but he's your second tight end. Um, and the also third got Dwelly, guy, who's, who's just amazing, <laughs> who had a great catch last week. And yeah. then the third guy that they had there was who again? Hold it on. was it was William Jackson. William, William Jackson. Jackson got moved today, but William Jackson's got a bad hamstring. And mm-hmm. I don't think the 49ers, I think the 49ers talked to Washington, but I don't think they were willing to move a pick because, you know, I think he went for a, 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 the exchange of a sixth for a seventh. So it was a very low price that the Steelers paid for him. I don't think he's healthy. Um, and I don't think they wanted to trade a, a pick of any kind for a guy who wasn't healthy. I think if he had been cut loose, they would have been all over William Jackson. Big corner, could play man-to-man. Man, man, man But now reason, a bad hammy.
0: Beyond Reasons ENT says it seems like all our premium players have been figured out or injured due to Banana Hand's mediocre play calling. Mike McDaniel, hey Big Head, Tech sent. Ha. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It does seem kind of disheartening. You know, Debo, great contract year, gets the uh, the bag, can't replicate it. Um, Kittle's been that way. Uh, Warner's been that way. Although they're still good. I'm just saying they haven't been able to replicate their best season. Some of the Niners to think about. They got more guys coming up like that. Although bosa has been pretty. Su- Pretty consistent. It's not like he's had one good year.
1: Yeah. All right. And, as, and what do you make of Debo's regression? Well, let's talk you, about it. Do you think it's um, injury related, speed related? He, he doesn't surprise anybody because he's running a lot of the same plays that he ran last year. But except last year, he seemed to take the defense by surprise. He'd get to the edge consistently and then turn it upfield and make a play. Now he's just being run literally horizontally right out of bounds, almost on every
0: outside zone run. It felt like he caught the league by surprise a little bit last year. I mean, heading into last year, no one looked at Debo Samuel as a guy who was going to get a $24 million contract. He had a good rookie year, but I mean, he wasn't the focal point of the offense. Mostert and Kittle were. And then his second year, he was a ghost. And then he comes into last year, and I don't think teams were really dialed in to stopping him, and he destroyed him as a receiver and a running back. This year, he didn't have the same type of offseason he wasn't in the same shape defenses studied him and really did a good job of shutting him down once Lance got hurt and i think there's another thing the niners were just just forcing him the ball it was clear that he wasn't the same player as last year and yet they were making him the center of the offense when ayuks in better shape than him right now the running game is working without him you don't need to hand him the ball jeff wilson junior was doing great so i think that what they learned against the rams is they don't need to force the ball to debo to, ha- to score 30 points. In fact, they might be better if they reduce Debo's role and feature Ayuken McCaffrey like they did in this game and sort of work Debo in slowly and let him earn his spot again. I'm just saying. I it- think might be the best thing for this team. I'll tell you one thing I'd like to see, and I don't know, if I don't have
1: the numbers in front of me, but I—it just my notion, having watched all these games, just seems like when they're running Debo to the outside, they're doing it running him to the short side of the field. Hmm. I'd like to see him run to the wide side of the field so he has a little bit more room. Because the one thing that he does not have, and he's never had it, he doesn't have a running back's ability to cut in short area. So he cuts in bigger areas, which means he needs more room to operate. So I'd like to see them get him in, in, in more open space instead of running him towards the boundary, run him towards the field. And let's see if he can – if you give him a little bit more room to cut, if he could set up his blockers a little bit better. I just feel like he's – doesn't it seem like he's getting – there's a lot of bodies around him, and he doesn't have that kind of nifty pick and slide that a lot of top-tier running backs have. Why? Because he's not a top-tier running back.
0: Yeah, they could use him better. They could use him better as a running back, but I, I feel it's a little disheartening what's happening with him right now. I mean, he could be in a little bit better shape, and they could use him better, but for what they're paying him, he's not delivering. He's no longer a wide back. He doesn't give you anything out of the backfield. Um, He's not getting down the field. His route running isn't great. His hands aren't great. What he is now is a screen threat. If he catches the ball, he'll get you 9, 10 yards after the catch, like always. But, again, not getting open down the field, countering him to hold on to the ball and not a running back. So now you're paying $24 million a year for screens. It's not good enough. He's he's got to raise his game to the level he's shown already he can take it to.
1: Yeah, um, it seems like almost like the kind of weapon that almost needs to be spotted better too. You know, and maybe with McCaffrey he will be, but yeah. I we haven't seen the same production. There's just no question about that.
0: His, his so I think his uh, average depth of catch last year was like eight yards down the field. Really good. This year's like three, which is like running back stuff. Yeah. That's not what they're paying for. So, and that's on him. He needs to. Lose five pounds and get in shape and improve his route running and hands because he's supposed to be an All-Pro wide receiver, no holes. So, yeah, Larry, you nailed everything you said about Wilson. You made a very in- intriguing argument. You did. Thank you. Shreddy Murphy says, "How balanced is the team now? D still better than O?" Well, I don't know. look at this team as super balanced because they have basically one way they win: running the ball and playing good defense. <laughs> That's the way I look at it.
1: I mean, they came from behind in the second half. Amazing. They did. Uh-huh. They did. We saw, it. we saw it. We were there. They did it. That's true. Uh, I you know, that's a gr- I think that's actually a really great debate is where yeah. is the Niner are the Niners a team with a stronger offense than a defense or a stronger defense than an offense? I would stay I would argue that they're a stronger offense than a defense based on the talent they have. Um if they had Emmanuel Mosley, if they had you know Greenlaw and yeah. uh, you know Al Shayer, if they had a healthy Kinlaw and a healthy Armstead, I'd lean with the D for sure. But if now you're playing Givens and Ridgeway a lot, and, and you're Lenore. playing Warren Burks a lot, and, and you're Lenore. leaning on Ambry Thomas anytime yeah. anybody goes three wides. Give me the offense. I'll take the offense.
0: Yeah. Um... Wayne Yvette says it's still a point. We get too much talent on one team, and it creates turmoil between players. And in turn, we fall apart. Someone not getting attention. If they lose, not they win. But if they lose, yeah, you'll hear stuff. You always hear stuff like this. I didn't get enough touches. I mean, it could be Debo. It could be Kittle. But if they're winning, no. it would be interesting.
1: I don't. I, 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 I subscribe to the theory that uh, you never have enough talent. And if the players are complaining, good. Let them complain. Yep. Seriously, okay. I, I mean, I don't really know too many NFL coaches that really care if the players are complaining because there's too many good players on the team.
0: Well, I mean, that's just it, just it's a the coach's issue. Are you a leader? Can you handle that? Can you distribute the ball around, and keep people happy, and keep everyone's ego uh, stroked or not? I mean, that's it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have for sure, but some this, coaches handle it better than others for sure. Yeah. And, and the yeah.
1: 49ers may have, you know, this trade from McCaffrey, Grant, I mean, you know it. The Niners have not done this for the most part. They have not uh, taken a guy who makes more money and is going to get more touches and has higher ranking and put him into their locker room just like on the fly. For the most part, they haven't done that. They are very sensitive about drafting guys and putting them, slating them behind the incumbents. So this is like one of the very first times we've ever seen them say, hey, yeah, we respect you. You're balling, Jeff Wilson. We love you. Oh, this guy's better. Bye-bye. And, and maybe they didn't say
0: bye-bye, but he said bye-bye maybe. But I mean, The way they're acting is that McCaffrey, to your point, is the number one weapon on the team. Like one week in the system, you know enough, 27 touches. Hey, did I send a clear enough message to the rest of my locker room? Like, yeah, I like you, Brandon and George and Debo a lot, but I like him so much more. And he's, we're, our offense is going through Christian now. And if you have a problem with that, please write something in, su- in the suggestion box and I'll maybe read it next year. <laughs> I don't think you <laughs> care. I, you know what I'm saying? Like this is his comment to the team. This is this guy's the best player in the team. He is. I mean, first of all, there was an NFL before this trade was
1: made. And in that NFL, Christian was better than those guys. So, I mean, it's He not might like, be. I like Ayuk, but he, he's really had, good. If we had 20 of the 32 NFL GMs sitting on this live stream, 20 of the 32 would go with Christian. That's how I feel.
0: I th- they, maybe more than that. I'm just a big Brandon Ayuk fan because I know his mom. We're basically family at this point. I like Ayuk too. Um, <laughs> I, I'll say what I, I admire
1: about Ayuk the most. They're, and, and Debo, really the same guy in some ways. No fear. No fear oh. going across the middle.
0: No fear, and you I know there was that. You, you see that clip. Time. You see we that clip fear. of him locked up with that. I don't know, DB or linebacker from Kansas City, and he the guy was trying down. to push him, kind of, sort of pushing Ayuk after the whistle, and Ayuk yeah. spun it around and threw him. I love that.
1: He threw him into Banks's legs. He was like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
0: love that. I'm sorry, yeah, no, Banks, used, but he had to prove something. I wouldn't mess with him. I wouldn't mess with anybody. I'm looking at me. You, okay, <laughs> all right. Let's. let's. Taber Pepper, I tough guy. Miss. Watch One, out for Grant Cohn coming through. 185. Don't mess all right, with Tabor. Yeah, he's a big guy. Tabor Pepper's huge. By the way, I wouldn't mess with Tabor Pepper at all. Um, it's bye week. The Niners are halfway through the the, the season. Eight games yeah. in, nine games to go. Let's give out some mid season awards for fun. Let's do it. I love this. Let's be positive.
1: Positive.
0: Uh, we. Hey, who is? We can be positive. We picked him to go to the Super Bowl that's right uh, first half offensive
1: MVP for the 49ers. first half offensive MVP for the 49ers um, the highest graded offensive player has been banks has been banks so I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say banks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying banks. Okay. I'm gonna say banks. Banks okay. is solid at guard he's not perfect. But he's good in the run game. Uh, he's 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 got good numbers. He's playing every snap. I like Banks. I think he's getting better. I think John Lynch said it last year. Said all you guys sitting there uh, boasting, this guy's a bust. You guys are
0: wrong. He's a good story. He's not the offensive MVP of this team, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk has been actually the most consistent player on the offense. He's been there, I mean, throughout the offseason. He's in great shape. It's his third year. He's making that push for a contract. He deserves it. Um, He's being held back a little bit by the quarterback and the offensive philosophy, although still he's been efficient. 120 quarterback rating when targeted, going over the middle, uh, not getting to show his deep ball ability because Lance is gone. Consistent.
1: How many touchdowns? touchdowns? I think four. I want to
0: say four. four? He's the leading receiver on the team in both yards, and I want to say touchdowns. It's a run-first team, so his numbers aren't going to get him in the Pro Bowl probably, but I think he's a Pro Bowl talent. I'm going Ayuk. Uh,
1: let's go oh, going, defense. Going Banks. Going Banks. First All half defense. defensive
0: MVP. Who is the MVP of this defense so far?
1: Talanoa Hufanga. Okay. okay. I think okay. Hafanga's just been incredible. I probably would have gone with Greenlaw because I think Greenlaw is truly, truly dominant. Um, and but Hafanga, has just been so good. He's uh he's good against the pass, he's good against the run. He's missed a lot of tackles recently, and that's yes. my one thing. Yes. He's missed some tackles, he's fallen off some tackles. Um, so I'm a little that would be my one negative. But um guy plays, he plays hurt, he's productive, he's a leader, he's made big plays. I'll go with Hafanga.
0: I, I was considering him. He was in the running. He's got three picks and a touchdown. Big plays. You brought something up earlier. If GMs could draft or, or pick a player from this defense, 32 out of 32 D, uh, GMs would pick Nick Bosa first. There's no question. So, Talanoa is great. Nick Bosa's got eight sacks in seven games. I got to give it to Nick Bosa. Yeah. He's an I mean, all-pro I, player. It's
1: funny. You're right. I kind I, I I of put Bosa in his own category. Yeah. You He's know, so good, here. you don't even consider him, right? Like, do we have you to know mention what? Nick? Yeah. Hifanga, get over here. I got to take that trophy back. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. No, gi- I, I, no, I actually – li- I'm giving it to I, Nick.
0: I wrote Talanoa down first, and I was like, man, I don't think I can justify it. It's freaking Nick Bosa. It's, I mean, he got exposed a little bit against Kansas City. He missed a game. I still got to give it to Big Nick. Sorry. S- Small.
1: Nick. Was, see, here's the thing, though where Greenlaw is the most overlooked guy, one of the most overlooked guys in the league. Forget You're the right, Gi- forget the Niners. You're He's right. one of the most overlooked guys in the league. He had 16 tackles. And, like, I think he had, like, 16 tackles and 13 tackles in back-to-back games. And this guy almost That's had 30 tackles in two games. I, I just think Greenlaw, when you look at his ability to key and diagnose, his ability, his courageousness to fill, his, his love speed. of hitting – the speed, speed is off the charts. You give
0: me a healthy Greenlaw,
1: I think he's just so dominating. It's unbelievable.
0: All right, who is the offensive most improved player of the first half? That I would probably give to Banks. It's definitely Banks. <laughs> see, that's the one. I feel you jumped the gun on Banks. Definitely Banks. He just he deserves this one, and I, I didn't we see it jump coming because over, damn it. <laughs> we watched him in training camp, and both of us were like. I don't know in those one-on-ones, but so far he's been great in 11-on-11 real football, which is is what matters.
1: Yeah, no, it's Banks. It's Banks. He's, he's gotten nothing but better. And I'll say this, I talked to him in camp. I talked to him at the beginning of the year and I've talked to him like this last week and his confidence as a player is going way up. Like in, he wasn't saying too much early on and he was not, Sounding too confident after week one. But man, you talk to him now, he's good and he knows it. And he's and he knows that he can play at this level. And that's a huge moment for anybody in the NFL.
0: Also, his emergence has made me really reassess how I look at young players in the Niners. A lot of times if a highly drafted player doesn't get on the field his rookie year, I'm thinking, ooh, the coaches are really down on him. He's not good. He must, because they're going to put the best players out there. Not necessarily on the 49ers. What I think is... You look at him, Talanoa, Hafunga. A lot of times, Kyle just won't play young players unless he has no choice. He had no choice with with Elijah Mitchell and, and Brandon Ayuk. And then you're surprised. Is it Kyle? You're two. Is it Kyle? I See, don't know who I, it is. I'm wondering if it's Forster and Bobby T. Whoever it is. The Niners make this collective decision to, to put the guy on ice. And then all of a sudden, you get this guy who looks good. You're two. And the question is, did they develop him? Or did they have this talent on the bench this whole time? Like, right. Who's to say Talanoa wasn't better than Tart last year? We just don't know. Um, same with Banks. Maybe Banks was better than Brunskill last year, although it seemed like they, he didn't look good on the right side. They got him on the left side, and that's been big for him. So good for Banks.
1: I mean, from talking to Banks, he says the key is that his body's totally changed, that he's the exact same weight that he was at last year, but last year it was blubber, and this year it's muscle so he's converted his that helps his he's converted his his body from a college body to a pro body he's probably got a co- went from a college diet to a pro diet and now he's he's uh you know, he looks like a guy who's going to play 10 years in the league Because I'll say this, his walk-around weight Like he's not one of these muscled up guys That needs to lift to to maintain 320 or whatever he's at He's that size So guys who right, are who wa- with their walk-around weight's 325 And they play at 330 Those guys play a decade So I think right. he's going to have a long career
0: As opposed to Mike, Mike McGlitchy, whose walk-around weight is probably 250
1: I, Yeah, I and there's like others like him There's others yeah. like him who, you know They have to lift like crazy to get to that weight
0: and eat like crazy. What I wanted to say with uh, with Banks, I think people were wondering, is he the next Josh Garnett? Well, no. And so if you're looking at Danny Gray, is he the next A.J. Jenkins? You can't say that. The Niners routinely have had quality rookies on the bench because they don't know the system or they just want to slow play them and develop them. What we've seen from Gray so far hasn't been great. Um, but still, I wouldn't write him off.
1: No, definitely do not write him off.
0: Who is the first half defensive most improved? most improved player for the 49ers
1: hmm well I mean you could say it's a funga since I since we just unless he was up. great
0: last year and we just didn't know yeah it, it would probably be a Fonga, but' I'm who else? say
1: I'm gonna say it is um two guys really it's it's a Menahue and ebucom mm, okay. and a Menahue I talked to him the other day you know Menahue when he got traded for was like 273. And he's down under 265, and you can see the speed. The guy's got a crazy body for the for the NFL. He's got really long levers, really long arms, really long legs, natural strength, natural quickness. He had bulked up to 273. He's now lean and mean and fast and every bit as as strong. So I, I say a Mennehieu, and then a, and then maybe even a little bit of Sampson because Sampson has just been. In, you know, playing with his hair on fire all year, but I'll lean towards Amendue because um is really quite a bit better than he was last year.
0: Those are interesting answers. You know, Ebucom had he had three and a half sacks his first five games. Then he's been dealing with an Achilles issue that he got on that ridiculous turf in Carolina. Hopefully, now that he has a bye week to rest it, because he's been playing through it. Uh, contract year, got to respect it. Now that he has a week to rest, and hopefully he can go back to playing like he did the first five weeks because he was an impact player. I mean, if you really been coming on the last few weeks, let's say Talanoa Hufunga, though. I mean, yeah. let's give the Niners a benefit of the doubt and say that they developed him and that he couldn't have done this last year. He's, you can't throw at him. Throwing at Hufunga is a bad idea. He seems to break quickly on the ball. He seems to get his hands on a lot of passes. Good player. Playmaker.
1: Well man. the thing is I, I the only thing is I I can't go with the narrative that they turned him into this because this guy was the defensive player of the year in the Pac 12. That's a good point. He wasn't SC's best player, he was the conference's best defensive
0: player. And he was player. getting rave reviews from the coaches all of last year. It just feels like the head coach was like, nah, let's go with the vet for the vet's sake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: okay. Well, I think Afonga is, you know, when they when it's funny, we were all yelling safety on draft day, and they knew what they had in Afonga.
0: Hey. Good, good point. That was my big. That was one of my biggest gripes with their draft in general. No safety. Yeah. How arrogant! Well, they knew what they were doing. I, I take it back. You were right. I was wrong. Who was the? Oh, here, okay. We're gonna go negative here. Got to. They're a four and okay. fourteen. We can't just give them a bunch of awards. Who was the weakest link on the offense through the first half? Who has been the weakest link? Uh— <clears throat>
1: hate to say it because I like the guy, but I'm going to say McGlinchy. I just think McGlinchy is um, – he's tough, and he doesn't complain, but he's got about seven different injuries. And it, it takes it a ton like for him it. just to get out there every week, yeah. and he doesn't miss. He gets out there every week. In a way, yeah. I admire him, but in a way – um, I wonder if they have somebody else that they could lean on that might be even be better at this point i I just think mike is has um he's always struggled with speed rushers, but now he just is so he's sore he's he yeah. just looks sore yeah so I, I would say McGlinchey, because of his physical the physical injuries he's had this year he just he's to me he doesn't he's
0: he's i admire him but he's not the player that I think he wants to be. I admire him, too. I think a big reason he's trying to play through these injuries is he's going to be a free agent. They um, didn't extend him. He's going to be a free agent next year. He has to do this. But the Niners should save him from himself. I think Daniel Brunskill probably would give him a better option at right tackle right now. Unless I'm wrong. I mean, Brunskill's played there before. He's looked decent enough. Tom Compton was an upgrade last year from Mike McGlinchey. What about Jalen Moore?
1: Didn't Jalen Moore play right tackle all throughout last year's preseason?
0: Colt McKivitz is coming back. I mean, they Cold have options. They, they should probably check those out. I'm going to I'm going to cheat on this answer because you're thinking player here. And McGlinchey probably would be the weakest link in the starting lineup, but the reason the offense has underperformed as much as it has the first half of the season, I don't think is in is on any one player. I think it's on Kyle Shanahan. So I'm going to say the the weakest link on the offense so far this season has been him and his assistant coaches who are all kind of trying to figure out how to game plan and adjust together on the fly. Maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they figured it out last week. Maybe all they needed was Christian McCaffrey in seven weeks to get it together, and they'll be great down the stretch. But um, first half, i got to put on the coach. But I'm not projecting that it's going to continue to be that way the rest of the season. I'm just describing I hear what you. I saw I right hear past. you. I, yeah. I
1: wouldn't, but... But um, if there wasn't an obvious one in my mind, I would lean in that direction uh, because I think we have seen some regression from their staff, whether it's on him or uh, the guys who replaced Mike McDaniel or if it's on, um, you know, if it's on. The new running back coach, or if it's on the O line. I mean, I don't. I'm not in their meetings, and I don't know how hard they work, and who's pulling what, and who's not doing it. So I'll go with McGlinchey. But I, I hear your, I hear right. your feelings on that.
0: They kept saying, I mean, even coming from their own locker room, we have too much talent to be scoring this few points. Yep. And then it all finally came together this past week against the Rams. We'll see if they can keep it going. No excuses. This team has a lot of talent, except at right tackle. But they do have some other options they can check out. Who is the weakest link? Who has been? This is a different question. Not who who is the weakest link, because that's like for all times. Who has been the weakest link on defense through the first half of the season?
1: The weakest link on defense in the first half of the season. Hmm. Well, um, that's interesting. Um, Kinlaw's been hurt. And Kinlaw's been hurt a lot. So that's quickly comes to mind. But Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, if you just want to say um, take out injuries and just just evaluate how they played in the past and how they played this year, I would say the regression of Ambry Thomas is pretty, pretty startling. And this guy at the end of last year, I thought he was their best cover guy. He looked like he had the most, most momentum. Um, And then this year it was like the whole second half of last year didn't happen. And he's just like the same lost guy. He was in the first two months of last season. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, usually you you pick up where you left off, but some guys obviously don't. And he's one of them. So I'll say Ambry, even though he hasn't gotten out there a whole lot. um, This guy was this guy was had momentum going last year. And wherever that momentum is gone, I don't know, but it's gone.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go with that's a good answer. I'm going to go with D'Amador Lenore, although to his credit, he hasn't given up any touchdowns this year. So he hasn't given up any big plays, but I mean he's given up a quarterback rating of 100, a completion percentage of 74. The drop off from Mosley to him is pretty stark. You go from legit Pro Bowl caliber caliber corner to a guy who's kind of playing it safe and trying not to get beat deep and giving up stuff underneath. Uh, good tackler. He's not a, he's not necessarily a liability, which is interesting for your weak link. But I, when they go up against good offenses, I mean. No one's scared of D'Amand or Lenore.
1: Well, just all I got to say is this. You're going with Lenore. I think Lenore is quite a bit better than what I saw last year. I would have had him as one of my most improved in the first month of the year. If you look at the reaction of – when I watched that film again of Niners Rams and I saw the reaction of Matthew Stafford when Ambry Thomas came on the field. Oh! I mean, it was like, I don't care what we're doing, we're going at him. You know, it was like
0: that Vince McMahon meme where he's like really, really excited. You know what I'm talking about? It's I mean, like yeah. oh
1: yeah, here yeah. we go.
0: Yeah. I just felt Pretty
1: like much. that gave me all the indication. you know that to me is all I needed to see. He's he's the he's the, the guy that right now is needs to get better.
0: All right, those are our awards. Let's go through and answer the rest of the questions and then we'll be done. Um Wayne, we got you. Here we go. My egotistic aura says Jimmy wins out. What do we do at quarterback next year?
1: Jimmy, he wins out, he wins a Super Bowl, he's coming back. <laughs> and G- and Grant's going to have another 10,000 uh
0: subscribers. <laughs> look, it's a fair question, I guess. We'll more merch. Look, dude, they're next four year. and four. They just be Look, look, look. They just got If they win out, if they're they going to win out, out- he just got back. blown out in back-to-back weeks by the Falcons and the Chiefs. They beat the Rams one time, again, which they always do. And now we're talking about winning out. Can we just pump the brakes? This is what this is what's weird about covering a 500 team. When they <laughs> lose a game, it's like fire everyone. When they right. win a game, it's like, are we going to win the Super Bowl? Like <laughs> this is a mediocre team for the time being, right? So, I feel you. Well, it's. It, I'll say this:
1: they had a thing on ESPN the other day. I think it was uh, the the guy who sucked for the Lions. What's his name? The guy who ran oh, out of the honestly, back of the end I,
0: I saw that.
1: And he said the Niners were the quote unquote scariest team, and in obviously the whole that's, league. Yeah, and he put the Chiefs about, at number five. I know that was ridiculous, but it is a reflection of of how people feel about the Niners' offensive weapons.
0: For and sure, and their defense maybe a little bit too once they get healthy for sure it's just funny like if the bye week had come before the Rams game no one would say that with the Niners coming off two losses but but it comes after the Rams game and so people are feeling good because they won a game but frankly it's the Rams so anyway I, it's not like I, I'm not saying the Niners won't go back to the NFC Championship game but to start to suddenly get that epiphany after they beat the Rams again is to me silly should have drafted well, Fields over Lance Ooh. yeah Ooh. that sounds like a guy
1: who just watched the Bears Pats the other night Ooh.
0: Look, I mean, Fields is improving. He started more than a season's worth of games. What's Lance going to look like when he starts more than a season worth of games? I mean, people were real ready to write off Justin Fields last year, right? And so even his improvement, he's not elite yet. He's got a long way to go. He's got no weapons. I mean, today they no got him
1: Chase Claypool. So he's now oh, he's a receiver. But, I mean, nice. he's had no receivers. The only thing about um, Fields is that, like, there's zero i've seen zero upper, um games where i've seen him throw with any real anticipation he like sees it open then he throws so you know that there's a big difference there i i just think that um that you know fields has great skill set but he's got accuracy he's got foot speed he's got great athletic body but
0: um, he runs into a ton of sacks. Check back in three years. Let's see what they he both look like. runs into look a look ton like. of sacks. Too much for me. Rob Watson says, watch the Kurt Warner vid. Great stuff that every Madden player already knows right down to the pre-snap. Read on the double slants. That was genius. You would assume an NFL coach would know these things. Or, I mean, even to Warner's credit, a lot of times he's like, I don't know. Maybe this is Jimmy. I don't know why he's looking at the, at the double slant side of the field. When you got three over two, he should know this. So it's on both of them. I thought I thought
1: that I would tell anybody who hasn't seen that to go watch that because what I liked about that there's too many people watching film who don't know what the hell they're talking about it's true. and they look at one route combination and one play and are like this guy's good yeah. this guy's yep. bad this guy's open and- this, yeah, guy's, this open. guy's open. Like that and, doesn't, and, and, and there was a is, lot of that.
0: Warner was like, hey, you know, people are saying you should check down over here. You can't look away from pressure. That was so instructive.
1: Yeah, I love that. And also, it just kind of shows you that over the course of a long football game, you're going to have things that are on Kyle, things that are on Jimmy, right. things that are right. on Ayuk, things that right. are on Kittle,
0: things that are things on. Things that guy. are on both of them in the same play. Right. Right? So like, so like, like Kyle doesn't not... give Jimmy an answer for pressure, but Jimmy throws a pick instead of taking the sack on both of them. Take right. the sack, give Jimmy an answer, all that stuff. But yeah. I'll say the one
1: that is disturbing, and I've seen it five times if I've seen it once this year, is their route combinations seem really, really bad at times. I mean, how many times? Okay, let's just say this. This is when you know something's gone, something's fucked up. If two receivers are at spot. the end of the route in this exact same spot, Something went wrong Yes, yeah. And so How many times Does that happen this year too I would much. say about 10 Yeah That's way too many times If that happens three times You're like Well 10 times That means that either Guys are deviating Or guys are making it up As they go Or The route tree The route combinations Weren't well thought out Or You know There's a lot there So I'm just saying I would I would I would recommend people Watch Warner Because he He have watched a bunch of film And he drew some conclusions but they weren't, like, so heavy on each play. He was just saying, well, this could be this or this could be that. And he kind of
0: illustrated how it's a team deal. Um, Mike H says, Ayuk is the only the fourth best offensive skill position uh, the Niners have, which is actually impressive. He's probably the, at least second on most teams. I don't know. I feel like the NFL is very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately uh, league. And I am not really, I don't really care what you did last year. There's a lot of violence. And if you're, you know, are you in your best shape ever? That goes year to year, and Ayuk is in his best shape ever, and all I know is he's leading the, the, the Niners in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns from scrimmage. So if he's the fourth best, cool. He's a hell of a fourth best guy, but I would, I would argue he's up there. I would say he's better than fourth best. Ray Rogers says, I think two-fifths would have been the right price for Jeff. That being said, I'd give Nick Bosa the MVP. Sacks pressures are too important. Two-fifths, one fifth. I feel like the Dolphins got a bargain. They got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. for nothing because the Niners didn't want him anymore. Cool. Yeah. Good for them. Weed M- says Moak, uh, Womack is the best special teams player. His hit on that punt return was nice. That was. was really nice. That was cool. Very Gray well Rogers, timed. Mike McGlinchey, weak sauce. You don't want to be weak sauce. Jack Jackson. Great. I'm going to disagree with you. Gray was good with T. Lance. Jimmy underthrown balls makes Danny look bad. Go look at the tape. Every time Jimmy throws deep, it's underthrown. Dwelly is slow. Hey, I I didn't say I, I I specifically said don't write off Danny Gray. That's what I'm saying. I did. Danny Gray can play. The guy
1: Jack Jackson's totally right. Jimmy's yeah. deep ball hangs it with doesn't. consistency,
0: and it's it and he hasn't been able to get it to Gray, but it ain't because of Gray. Moving on, Crow says <laughs> Greasy is doing a great job. In my opinion, who knows? Yeah, I, I'm, I, Murray, fourteen dollars. I like it. Just for that, just just just, just for you being you. Thank you so much, uh, Mike McGlinsey. We got to trade for more D linemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, Mike? Ezekiel says the weak link on the defense isn't a person; it's an inability to handle mobile quarterbacks. Ooh, that is, a, I like that answer. I like big picture answers. I have a theory with that. To me, it is the weakness of the wide nine. I don't know if we've talked about it, but it feels like if you're going to spread out four D linemen as far as you can and say rush to a spot, well. There are going to be strengths and weaknesses with that approach. The mate, the primary weaknesses, you're just, I mean, expanding scramble lanes, expanding them. The way I look at it,
1: well, I mean, KC just took you out back and he said, Here's your wide nine. Here's your wide nine. I'm yeah, going right to run right off, I'm going to run right off. Bosa's, uh right shoulder As he's coming flying off the edge we're going to run right We're going to kick him out and run off His inside shoulder and they've done it So yeah they're, they're, The the wide nine is absolutely Great because it it, it's, it Makes the quarterback it simplifies Things for the defense so guys You're just getting up the field so lots of D linemen Like to play in that scheme so that's good But then you got to have the Unbelievable speed and talent and, and instincts at linebacker and When they're healthy they do but Mike not, H. has,
0: I think full playbook CMC is a game changer. Yeah, it, it's possible. That, that catch he made was great in the end zone. I just want to point out that he did the same exact thing to the Rams like two weeks ago with Carolina. The Rams can't tackle. Their defense sucks. Their whole team sucks. So I just want to see how, how Christian McCaffrey overcomes sort some of the Niners' offensive limitations against a better defense. All I want to say. He's a really good player. I'm not poo pooing him. He's really good. Hella good. What healthy? Josh Wyatt says, I had the epiphany that the Niners are going to the NFC Championship after the Chiefs game. They made a move to be relevant, and they will be. Did you have a vision, too? <laughs> they certainly could, man. I mean, who else has a better chance to meet Philly in the NFC Championship game than the Niners? They're right there with anyone. Seattle? I don't believe in Dallas.
1: I'm not sure Dallas. about Minnesota.
0: I mean, the Giants just lost to Seattle. Like, Minnesota? <laughs> We've seen the Niners play Minnesota. It's the same team for a long time. Yeah. Mike H, I got you. I got you. Josh Wyatt says, do the Yorks think relevance is enough? Do the Yorks think relevance is enough?
1: Yes. Maybe not.
0: I think they do, but maybe they, maybe, Josh Wyatt feels, seems to feel that they're. I
1: think Jed probably has moments where he's frustrated with Kyle and John and then goes,
0: oh, oh my God. Chip Tonsilla. Tonsilla. Oh. 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 Yeah, you're right. Jim
1: Kelly talking fast. <laughs> oh no.
0: Oh no. <laughs> Jim O'Neill. Oh my God. The worst defense of all time. All right, that's the end of the show. Thank you, you for donating one, and wait, watching, wait, wait, everyone. Wait, I got one for you. I got one for you. Give me.
1: We we're, we're big mouth know it alls, right? We know it all, but we're wrong from time to time. Give me the guy that you, based on camp to the season,
0: that you were the most wrong about,
1: and I'll oh, give you. I'll give you mine.
0: Two. I mean, Aaron Banks and talanoha Funga. I watched them every day in training camp, and I was like. Nope. I don't see it. Hafunga in one-on-ones, Banks in one-on-ones. Neither one is good, but they are good 11-on-11 full contact football players. So I take those two, Banks and Hifunga. That's Those are good. I'm
1: going Drake Jackson. I saw Drake Jackson, and I thought, this guy's supposed to be um, – he's supposed to be D Ford. He's supposed to bend the edge and come flying off the edge and bother pass rushers. And I looked at his body, and I thought – I seem more like an Arden Key. I think I even said it to you one day. I go, you know, this guy's bulked up. He looks bulky. He doesn't look like a guy who can rush the passer off the edge. But he isn't the D Ford body type. He's not your speed rusher beating you out of the stance,
0: though he could. But he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of an interior rusher. He's a hell of an interior rusher. And, and that's, that's what they that's, said, like, he's like Arden Key. He's not yeah. here to replace D-Ford. He's replaced here to replace Key. And they said, like, if you go back and look at his Saxon college, most of them came from the interior.
1: And, and watching the 4-D end alignment of Menehue yeah. and Jackson, who should get just absolutely kicked out of there with regularity based on being defensive ends and standing up, these guys are getting combo blocked at times, splitting the combo blocks, and getting penetration into the backfield. Drake and Amenehu playing that strong against the run gives them a chance to go with that 4-D end alignment. So I, I'm, I'm amazed by, by Jackson and, and Amenehu especially, but uh, more Jackson, because I was I was kind of thinking, oh, no, oh, no. They took this guy in the second round, and he doesn't look like he's got the ability to bend the edge, and oh,
0: no. Wrong. But they had a specific vision, and I'll never question Chris Kacarek. He's so good at it. They took a, a guy who was playing outside linebacker at USC last year, and they're like, that's a D-tackle for us. That's <laughs> our next D-tackle right there, baby. And they're right. I, they I'm were not questioning right. them with, with their front seven stuff anymore. They know what they're doing. I will say this. Every D-lineman I've talked to
1: this year, when it comes time time to talk about the team and
0: why they're there, this and that, it's always Chris. Oh, They always oh. talk about Chris. Always, I mean, the Niners have a lot of novices on their coaching staff. He ain't one of them. He right. is as good as any position coach they've had on this team in a long time. Makes you wonder if Demico left, would they even go to Fangio? Nope. Because I, Fangio's
1: a three-four front guy, and this guy's a this guy's a four-three wide nine guy. Could they?
0: Can you have Fangio? I bet they could work Chris? together. I bet they could work together. They're I too bet good. Sure they can figure it out. I think they could work it out. Yeah. Mike H says, "Would you take Ayuk over Kittle, CMC, or Debo?" I would. He's younger than them. He's a wide receiver. He gets down the field. He hasn't had serious injury issues. But that's just me. That's just me. And I go against the grain. But I like the way his career is trending.
1: I just got a much better chance than those guys to stay healthy long term.
0: And to have a career that goes into his 30s. Cisco Kid says, don't know if it's important or not. But the team obviously looks up to Garoppolo. Should he get that captain on his chest? Would it make a difference? I stick with what's going on right now. Is he going to play better if he gets a, a captain thing? I don't know. I like Jimmy with a chip on his shoulder.
1: Jimmy Seriously. with something to
0: prove. I like keep, it.
1: You know, if you get guys who they're good this week, they're bad next week, guess what? Don't give them anything and keep
0: dangling the carrot. There Just you go. keep dangling the carrot. Like this one. Any tips on how to get better at my bye weeks? Yeah. Uh, hit up Joe Staley. He'll tell you, man. Ask Joe Staley for some tips. He's got you. All right, that's the show. Thanks for <laughs> watching. Larry, what are you doing the rest of the day? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm gonna do a live stream, I think, later today and talk
1: a little bit about uh about the Niners in the bye week. And we'll do one later today and then uh maybe a little a little baseball. Bye week well, bye week stuff, you know. Even bye week kind of you know
0: gets me, I can kind of go in any direction I want to go. Maybe even do Absolutely. a little Warriors
1: tonight. Warriors heat Love going it. tonight.
0: Sounds fun. The Warriors all of a sudden are really interesting. Uh <laughs> I don't know where that team's going this year if you want to check it out. Watch Larry tonight. Thanks for watching, everyone. Peace.